0: Okay, so today I want to share with us about some reasons why prayer is important. Amen? Some reasons, some reasons prayer is very important. Hallelujah. Now someone might say, what's the point of this? I know prayer is very important. But if the saints know the importance of prayer, most saints will be praying not less than one hour a day. So it clearly shows that many saints, many Christians, many pastors, many church workers, many Christians in general don't pray. So today, why is prayer so important? Why does God look at people who pray and take them seriously? Cornelius, he was a man who gave alms to the poor, and he was someone who prayed always, And because he prayed always and gave alms to the poor, God remembered him when salvation was ready and sent an angel to speak to him. Amen? The Bible says that our prayers are like a memorial before God. Prayer is very, very important. Because without prayer, usually God doesn't do things without people praying. God is always looking for someone to pray before he can step in. That's why God said, I looked and I sought for a man who could stand in the gap between myself or between this, myself and the people so that there will, not be, there will not be distraction in the land. But I couldn't find anyone because, because of people's sins, there was going to be distraction. God has not caused the distraction, but he allowed it to happen. But God didn't want people to be destroyed. So he was seeking for someone who would be able to stand in the gap and pray but he couldn't find find anyone. So because of that, he brought salvation by himself. But God, that is not God's usual way. God usually wants someone to pray. Another reason why he must pray is because prayer is communicating with our Father in heaven. Amen. So many reasons, but I'm gonna give us some important reasons. The first important reason why you and I must pray in the year 2022 and be people of prayer is because prayer is a great act of faith. Hallelujah. Prayer is a very very great act of faith. Now, and especially you and I need to be walking in faith even more now with the pandemic. The pandemic is affecting so many people. Hallelujah. But when we pray, God delivers. Can I have an amen? When we pray, God opens doors. When we pray, God preserves life. When we pray, God acts. Miracles occur when we pray. So prayer is a great act of faith. Hallelujah. That's why many times when, when you and I want to pray, you realize that something will come up. Oh, I need to make this phone call. Oh, I need to make that phone call. Or oh, this is very important. In fact, I need to make a call or oh, I need to check something out. In fact, I need to go my phone and check something out on the internet so there are many things that try to discourage us from praying or prevent us from praying but there are many christians who do not pray for even 30 minutes a day there's a difference between praying over an hour at least an hour a day or not praying at all praying five minutes a day and waiting for the wicked to pray a a lamp sum even the lamp sum is not even uh uh, five hours but it is maybe 30 minutes or one hour or two hours no god wants us to pray for at least one hour a day. Prayer is important because when we pray, we are declaring that we do not have faith in the arm of flesh. Prayer means that I don't have faith in the arm of flesh because if I did, I would spend time praying. Sorry, I would spend time doing other things, making plans, organizing things. You and I must learn to pray before organizing. The Bible says a horse is prepared for battle. A victory is of the Lord, so it's good to prepare. It's good to research, but do it after prayer. Hallelujah. Anytime you hear news, anytime you hear something, pray immediately and then act, because prayer is a great act of faith. Now, let's look at Luke chapter 18, verse one to eight. Now, this is a parable from Jesus Christ, the one who guarantees the prayer results. He's the one who is saying what I'm about to uh, uh, read to you. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, or for this reason, that men ought to pray. Sorry, let's read that again. Now he was... And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint or not to give up. So God, the son, Jesus Christ gave a parable. What is a parable? It's a parable. One example of something that is not a parable is the rich man and Lazarus. That one is not a parable. It was a true account of a rich man and a true account of Lazarus, the beggar. But this one is a parable. So it means it's an illustration or, or, or a, a story Jesus Christ gives to explain a spiritual truth. And he spoke a parable to them to this end, for this reason, that people should always pray and not give up not give up on prayer and not give up on what they are praying about. Continue. Verse two. See, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. I don't fear you, God. That's what the judge said. I I, I don't fear you. I have no one to answer to. And I don't regard the state of man. I don't care who is standing before me. If the person is not my quick or, or greater than me, I don't have respect for the person. And I'm the judge. I don't fear God. I can do anything I I want. I can be wicked to whoever I want. I can do whatever I want. And I don't regard the person of man. Verse 3. And there was a widow in that city. Now, Jesus gave this parable about the widow because that's very important. Because widows usually are the least respected because what can a widow do for you? The judge will disregard a widow because the widow has no husband. The widow is helpless and needs help so if a widow comes to you you can never expect something in return from the widow at least in general especially in those days and there was a widow in that city and she came unto him saying avenge me of my adversary so avenge me lord i need vengeance avenge me judge of my adversary." continue And he would not for a while. So for a long time, as she kept on coming to the judge, the judge disregarded her. He did not regard her. He did not even hear her too much. When she spoke, he just brushed her off. But afterward, he said within himself, because as she kept on coming and coming and coming and coming, he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man. Yet, because this widow troubled me, because she's persistently coming to me and she's troubling me, I will avenge her. Let me avenge her. Otherwise, otherwise by her continual coming, she will me. Less, by her continual coming, she weary me. And the Lord said, and the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. Listen to what the unjust, uh, unjust judge is saying. I don't regard any person, I don't fear God. Now there's a widow, as for her, I, there's, the regard is zero. And yet I didn't, I ignored her, I did not give her a request. But because she kept on coming and coming and coming, I said to myself, look, let me just give her what she wants. Otherwise, by her continuous coming, she will weary me. Now Jesus is saying, look at what the unjust judge is saying. Then there's seven. And shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? So even though Jesus Christ is bearing long with us, if an unrighteous judge would do this, God would surely avenge his very elect who cry day and night to him. Even though he's, he's having patience with, patience with them and he's, he, he might look like he's taking time. He's not taking time. Let's look at NLT verse 87. Very important. Prayer is a great act of faith. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who plead with him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Go back to King James. So just saying will he keep putting them off? King James, please. Will he keep putting them off? No, he won't. A point will come as we keep on praying and praying and praying. God will avenge us. Look at verse 8. Nevertheless, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. So Jesus is saying that God will quickly answer our prayers. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on it. Look at NLT verse 8. I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when I, the Son of Man, return, how many will I find who have faith? So Jesus is clearly at this moment saying that persistent prayer is faith. Because Jesus is saying that those who keep praying, excuse me, and praying, and praying, he would quickly avenge them. But when he comes, will he find people? With faith? Or will he find faith on earth? You can put it back to, to uh, yeah, I'm done with the description. Hallelujah. Will he find faith? Will he find people praying? So this is very important. Jesus Christ has just made it very clear to us that prayer is a great act of faith. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Prayer is a very great act of going to encourage us to be people who pray. People who pray because we want to tell God that, God, I have faith in you. I have faith in you and I do not rely on the arm of flesh. From 2022 and onwards, I pray that you and I will be people of great faith who demonstrate our faith in God by praying persistent prayer over and over and over and over, and over again. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. <clears throat> Hebrews eleven six 6 says, but without faith, It is impossible to please him. Let's go to five so that we can
1: know what we are talking about.
0: By faith, Enoch walked with God. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Genesis says Enoch walked with God and was lost because God took him. And Hebrews five explains the process because when you read Genesis, the Bible just says, "And Enoch walked with God and was not." Was not because God took him. What does it mean? What does it mean that Enoch walked with God, and was not because God took him? Well, we know that we walk by faith and not by sight. You cannot walk with God without faith. But now Hebrews eleven five explains. Genesis, what it means by, and Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. By faith, Enoch was translated. There you go. So the Bible is saying that Enoch walked with God by faith and because of Enoch's faith, God translated him and he did not see death because God took him. And the Bible says, and was not found because God had translated him. So Enoch was translated and did not see death because Enoch walked with God and Enoch walked in faith. Now, the Bible is also explained that for before his translation, so before God took Enoch, Enoch had a testimony on earth before God that he pleased God. So God saw Enoch and said, Enoch, you please me. After that, God took him. Verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So you and I, we cannot please God without faith. It also means that we cannot please God without prayer because prayer is a great act of faith. Without prayer, you cannot really say you have faith. Anyone who says I have faith in God and doesn't pray has been misled in a certain way. You cannot say you have faith in God when you don't pray because prayer is a great act of faith. I pray because I believe that my hours spent praying are not fruitless, but it will bear fruit. It is fruitful it will accomplish something. So when you and I pray, we are telling God that I believe you. I believe that my efforts are less effective than your efforts. And because your efforts matter, I am going to be a person of prayer. So without faith, it is not possible to please God. Because the one who comes to God must believe that God is, that's why that one is not good enough, Unless you were you were an atheist and you've now become a, become a Christian. Because the Bible says in James chapter 2 that even the devils believe and tremble. So believing that God exists is just the first step. That's why there's an end. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Many Christians believe that God is, but that belief is not enough to please God because demons saw him physically, physically or spiritually or whatever. Demons saw him with their eyes. Actually, I can't even say physical because the things that are physical are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. So, 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 and God is a spirit. So demons saw God. or or rather to say angels, and even including the fallen angels saw God. The demons believe, wherever the demons come from. In another message, I'll I'll share where demons come from. Hallelujah. Demons believe in the shudder. This is James chapter 2, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. How many Christians are trembling? So believing that there is one God, you do well, but that's not good enough. Why? Because are you saying that you should give a thumbs up to the demons and the devils because they believe? No. Now, going back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. So, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, in diligence, what does it mean to diligently seek God? It means to diligently and, and with all your heart, pursue God, diligently seek him in his word. How are you going to seek God? How are you going to know God except through his word and prayer? How do I seek God? I seek him in prayer. I seek him in his word. That I, can, I can seek him and find him through his word and through prayer. Why do I say through prayer? Now, why do I say through his word? That's what through his word. Jesus is the word of God. It's simple. I seek him through the word. I don't need, no one needs explanation for that, hopefully. Now, seeking him through prayer. God, I seek you. I want you to draw me near to you. I'm seeking him through prayer. So, ladies and gentlemen, very, very important to realize that prayer is a great act of it. I pray that this year will be the year that you and I will tell God that God, I have faith in you and I'm demonstrating it by action. Look at James 2, 13, uh,
1: 14.
0: For he shall have judgment without mercy, that have shown no mercy and mercy rejoices against judgment meaning that the one who did not show show mercy will not be given mercy or much mercy the one who has shown mercy will be given mercy but mercy is to be preferred to judgment now verse 14
1: what doth it profit my brethren? In
0: fact, let's read this. Let's, let's read this. We'll, we'll read it till verse 26. It's very powerful here. What doth it profit my brethren? Though a man say he had faith and hath not works, can faith save him? Use NLT for this. But just verse 14. And I'll go back to King James. There's a very critical part in it that matters. Dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? That kind of faith can't save anyone. So who I have faith in God, Mashara, Baba, Kandala, but there is no action to back or demonstrate the faith. There is no action to prove the faith. That is dead works and cannot save anyone. So David was, Doing ABC and was ABC and liked well, liked ABC. like him, yeah, liked ABC. Did ABC uh, uh, was involved in ABC. Now David got to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and David has stopped ABC, has stopped going to ABC, has stopped liking ABC, or at least hates the desire to even like it. That is a change in someone, and. The fact that David has stopped it is the proof by action that he has faith in God who said what he said in his word. Faith without action. What is the action? If I say I have faith in God, then I should be able to pray to the one I say I have faith in. But many Christians don't have faith in God and that's why they don't take the time to pray. Oh, we all have busy schedules. We all don't feel like praying most of the time, but we still pray. David was both spiritual and religious. I don't feel like praying. I'm talking like David was both spiritual and religious. Really, religious. I don't feel like praying, just like most people don't feel like praying, but I'll pray. I'll make the conscious effort to pray because I have faith in God and I know the importance of prayer. I am demonstrating my faith and my proof of my faith by action. And I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. I'm acting on it out. I'm acting it out. Verse 14. Like I said, we're reading it to the end of it. Amen? Faith without action. Faith without action. Faith without works. And that word works is action. Faith. Uh, what did the prophet, my brethren? Though a man see he had faith and have not action to prove his or her faith. Can faith or that faith save him? Meaning that faith without action is false faith. Continue, verse 15. If a brother or sister be naked and
1: destitute of daily food,
0: and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warm, and failed. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? If someone is a Christian and says, see someone who is begging,
1: need help. Uh,
0: okay, what does yes okay? And one of you go to 15. Let's see. What does 15 say? If a brother or sister be naked, so now. This is not only just talking per se about the homeless or the needy person you don't know, but this is talking about a brother or sister. When we talk about brother or sister in the Bible, it's talking about a fellow Christian. So if a fellow Christian is naked or doesn't have full clothing, or is lacking daily food, now go to the sixteen. A fellow Christian is lacking clothing and food, and a fellow Christian, who has money or has surplus, says to the person, oh, let me share with a prayer for you. Good. Ah, whatever they say in Jesus' name. And they say, depart in peace. Be warm and filled. I pray that God will give you food to eat. I pray that God will give you things to, 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 uh, for your body. Notwithstanding, he give them, but doesn't give them clothing. Doesn't give them food. What is the use of this? statement the person made. What is the use of the prayer? If I see a brother or sister in need, a fellow Christian who is on the streets, or a fellow Christian who doesn't have, and I go to the person, I pray for the person, I say, may God give you clothing and food. Meanwhile, I have the clothing and food and I don't give it to them. What's the point? What's the use? That's what the Bible is saying. Verse 17. How many Christians fall in this category? You see, that's Psalm 41, I'm praying, I can see some traces of it and I'm thanking God for it. Anyone who is yearning and weeping for God to give them opportunities to help the poor, they satisfy Psalm 41, uh, uh, we'll talk about that another time. Let we'll me make sure it's Psalm 41. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. This is a year of, of, of seed and, and harvest. So we'll talk about it. Uh, don't worry, turn into it, because by the time we turn to it, I'm reading the next verse. I'll, I'll talk about it later, um, yes, Psalm 41. Blessed is he that considers the poor. Okay, very good, let's continue. Hallelujah. We can continue in, in James. yea, a man may say thou has faith and I have works. Okay, good. So 17, we finished 17 already, right? Now verse 18, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith. So you have faith, and I have action. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works, NLT. Please go back to verse 18 in NLT. Yea, a man may say, now someone may argue, Some people have faith. In fact, let's keep it in the NLT. Some people have faith. Others have good deeds. I say, I can't see your faith if you don't have good deeds. But I will show you my faith through my good deeds. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I love the Lord. Oh, the brother is is in in need. The the, the brother doesn't have a, a house because they've kicked him out of the house because they are a Christian. Oh, what a pity. Oh, it's sad. Okay, now let's continue. That's that, there's no proof of faith. There's no proof of faith when you don't pray. What is the proof of my faith and your faith if we don't pray? Continue, verse 19. Do you still think it's enough just to believe that there is one God? Well, even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. Fool. Hey, Wow. This one is the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. Let me make sure it's a disclaimer. Maybe those who are just listening uh, online and you've not seen it. It's the Bible. It's James 2.20. The Bible is saying, Fool, when will you ever learn that faith does not result in good deeds? Sorry. Fool, when will you ever learn that faith that does not result in good deeds is useless? Meaning that when, when will you know that Faith, which does not result in someone doing good deeds is useless. When will you know that? Verse 21. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was declared right with God or righteous because of what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, he was trusting God so much that he was willing to do whatever God told him to do. His faith was made complete by what he did by his actions, meaning that Abraham says, I have faith in God. Now, God established a covenant with Abraham and called him his friend after Abraham acted on his faith. Oh, Abraham saying I have faith in God was not enough. When God told Abraham, leave your father's house, he left his father's house. Sacrifice Isaac. When Abraham took the knife and was about to sacrifice Isaac, God said, no, that's not how I am. I'm not the kind of God who just lets you kill your your son. No, that's not my plan, I wanted to see. Now I know that you fear God. Now I know that your faith is complete because you have demonstrated to me that you really have faith by the actions you performed. Hallelujah. And so it happened just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God. So God declared him to be righteous. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are made right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example of this. She was made right or righteous with God by her actions. When, is it, when you read Hebrews and you read James, it explains something very critical. I'll touch on it a little bit. If you want more information, go on my Facebook. There I've, I've, I've talked about lies and how Rahab was not justified by her lie, but I'll just touch on it. Rehab, the prostitute is another example of this. She was made right with God by her actions. What are the actions that made her a woman of faith? When she hid those messengers and sends them safely away by a different road. So, Rehab was the chief prostitute in the town. That's why they went there because they heard, Give us the top ranking harlot. And they said, Okay, let's go. Rehab is the one. This is a house. That's how come the soldiers knew to go to Rehab's place because they they asked for the the, 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 the best prostitute, not to sleep with her, but just to be there. At least, hallelujah. Please go to verse 25. I'm not finished. Hallelujah. So the spies went to Rehab and told Rehab about the God of Israel. And Jericho and and Rehab and some of the people had already heard about God. So when the messengers went to Rehab and told them about God, she had faith in God. Then then, Then she accepted them in her home. Rehab the prostitute is another example. She was made right by their actions when she hid them. So she she, she hid the messengers because of her faith in God, because she had heard about God, the God of Israel. So she hid them. And then when the soldiers came to take them, the messengers, then because of her faith, not wanting them to die, but wanting them to go back and to come back to Jericho and take over Jericho, she sent them safely on a different direction. Then she was justified by faith. Then when the soldiers met her, she lied and sinned. But her sin didn't justify her, but it was she receiving the messengers by hiding them and sending them off in a different direction. Then she was a woman of faith and a lied, but because she was a woman of faith, God forgave her and she was still justified by faith. Similar to Abraham's line, God didn't justify Abraham because he lied, no. Even righteous people commit sin. Hallelujah, but not intentional sin, not willing sin. Oh, what is this man saying? I'll just quote it, and then you can do your own homework if you are saying it. First John 2.1, my little children, don't please don't tend to it. My little children, these things write eye on you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. These things write eye on you that you sin not. But if any man sin, oh, and if any man sin, We have an advocate, a lawyer, a comforter, a a paraclete. We have an an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. I'm shocked you've put it off. We're going to verse 27, of 26. Hallelujah.
1: So that's
0: what proved Rahab's righteousness. Then verse 26 says, just as the body is dead without a spirit, so also, faith is dead without good works. Actually, what is death? Death is when the Spirit leaves the body.
1: So ladies and gentlemen, this is pretty clear that
0: action is what proves faith. Prayer, Jesus said, if when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Shows clearly that when you pray, if you are someone who prays for one hour, you have faith in God. If you are someone who prays for two hours, you have faith in God. If you are someone who prays for three hours, you have faith in God, because if you didn't have faith in God, you would not pray. And you and I get faith through the word. So I want to encourage us to be people of prayer, people who pray. You pray in the morning, you pray in the afternoon, you pray in the evening. Someone will say, I wait, was at a pastor's conference, and someone asked, how do we pray these hours? Do we pray, how yeah, am I going to pray for three hours? You can split it up. One hour, one hour, one hour, one hour, one, uh, two hours, one and a half hours, one and a half hours, however, you want to do it, just make sure you've prayed three hours. Ideally, if you have to one hour, one hour, one hour, one and a half hours, one and a half hours, but ideally, top notch three hours, like Jesus prayed. One, 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 three hours, same time. Ladies and gentlemen, prayer is a great act of faith, But start, don't, 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 rush. Start small. If you used to pray for five minutes a
1: day, up it to 30 minutes. Not less than 30 minutes. But know that you are still below power. Power is the bond, the uh, the, 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 the
0: the base for a bond, power is is flat. the average. So, when you are praying 30 minutes or 45 minutes, know that you are below average. I don't mean you as a person, you are below average, but you are praying below average hours. Oh, But prayer is prayer. If you pray 10 minutes, it's just the heart. Oh, Really. It's just the heart that matters. Yes, it's the heart that matters. But even the Bible has a book on numbers. Even the Bible discussed that even the Bible explains that jesus prayed for one hour and jesus asked his apostles could you not watch with me for one hour the bible says in the garden of gethsemane you can get the best in the garden of gethsemane jesus took all his apostles to the garden of gethsemane and then he took peter james john further and he said watch ye while i go and pray watch peter james john watch and pray pray whilst I go yonder or further to pray. Then he went and prayed and he said, okay, let's get it. Matthew twenty six forty. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. No, let's go to verse 38. Uh, verse 37, 36. Then Jesus brought them on to an olive gro- grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go on ahead to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, always, always Peter, James, John, were always the key guys, and he began to be filled with anguish and deep distress. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch
1: with me. He went on a little
0: further. Remember that the disciples or apostles were with him. Just they Were with him. And he told the apostles or disciples to go and pray. Just like you and I are disciples. Actually, in Antioch, the, Christian, the, the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So a born-again Christian is a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if you say you are a, a Christian, it means you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, the disciple of Jesus Christ took up the cross and all that stuff. You know it. And the disciple of Jesus Christ was told to stay and pray whilst Jesus goes further. Now, verse 39. He went on a little further and fell face down on the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will, not mine. God the Father, God the Son have always had the same will and God the Holy Spirit. Never in eternity were their wills separate. I and my Father are one in essence, one in glory, one in will, yet they have three separate wills but not separate, but one. What do I mean by that? The Father has his own will, the Son has his own will, the Holy Spirit has his own will, but they are not three wills because they are all in the same, one will. But it was only in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus Christ and the Father had a will, which was a bit different. Why? Well, let's read it again. My Father, if it is possible, please. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will, not mine. I think this is pretty clear. Now let's go to this one. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you stay awake and watch with me even one hour? Now, we all know, at least we are to know, that when the Bible talks about watch, it
1: also means pray. So, Jesus is telling
0: Peter, couldn't you just stay awake and watch with me for at least one hour? I've gone to pray and I told you to watch and pray. Why are you, I've told you to watch and pray and you are asleep. Okay, let's go to verse 41. Keep alert and pray. Otherwise, temptation will overpower you. For though the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. There you go. Keep alert, watch and pray. Again, he left them and prayed. My father, if this cup cannot be taken away until I drink it, your will be done. He returned to them again and found them sleeping, for they just couldn't keep their eyes open. Continue. So he went back to pray a third time. So this shows that one hour, one hour, one hour. Why do we say it's one hour, one hour, one hour? So he went back to pray a third time, saying the same things again. So go back to step 44. Saying the same things again. I prayed for, he said one hour. We all read it, one hour. Then the disciples were asleep. He said, couldn't you watch with me at least one hour? Then he went back and prayed. They were asleep. Then he went back again the third time, saying the same words. I think that's pretty good enough. and confident enough to say that he prayed one hour, one hour, one hour, or three hours. Verse 45. Then he came to the disciples and said, still sleeping? Still resting, look, the time has come. I, the Son of Man, am betrayed into the hands of sinners, and he goes on. So that's why it is not just good enough to say, I have a heart. When Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and praying all night, or, or praying all night long to God. Jesus prayed all night before he chose his apostles. And the Bible says, a great while before day, he went to a solitary or quiet or desolate place and there prayed. A great while before day. So, if the Son of God was praying many hours, you see, a great while before day, praying many hours, praying all night. Then it's not good enough to just say, "Oh, we are Christians." You know, we just you can pray five minutes, for ten minutes. It's the it's the quality of prayer that matters. God knows our hearts. That's not good enough, according to Jesus Christ. So you and I must be people who pray. Peter was on the rooftop, praying, 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 praying. Yes, yeah, Mark one thirty-five. And in the morning, rising up a great one before that, he went out and departed into a solitary solitary place, and there. Prayed, not slept. They prayed. So Peter was at the rooftop praying and was hungry and he slept and had a vision. Prayer is important. Prayer demonstrates my faith in your faith. Faith without action is dead being alone. I want to encourage you to be a person who prays. That would show God that you have faith in him. And we all know that faith moves mountains. Faith moves mountains. Faith moves mountains. Hallelujah to Jesus. So, persistent prayer is an act of faith. Hallelujah. And we all know, I, 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 I'll, I'll touch on the second, I don't want to start on the second yet. Uh, um, so, maybe I'll just say one more thing on, on, on prayer as an act of faith, and then we will continue. Let's look at Mark chapter 11. Let's start from 22, but I'll give us the context from, from Mark and Matthew saying the same thing, but you can just look at Mark 11, 22, and we're gonna to go to uh, 24, 25, but let's let's read now. The, the Before you get here, in fact, let's look at 20. And I'll give you a quick summary of, of this. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed, thou cursed is withered away. Then verse 22. And Jesus answering, said unto him, then, have faith in God. Please keep it there. Now, as, yeah. Now Jesus Went, was going on his way to Jerusalem. As he was going, he saw a fig tree afar off, as he and his disciples were going. And when he saw the fig tree afar off, it had leaves. And usually, when a fig tree has leaves, it's expected that there will be fruit. So, excited, as he was hungry, excited, he went to the fig tree, hoping to see some fruit. When he went to the fig tree, he realized that there were leaves but no fruit. And Jesus cursed the fig tree. How did they curse the fig tree? They said, no man eats fruit from thee hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. Meaning that from this time, no one can eat fruit from you again. And the disciples heard it. Now, Matthew and Mark. Now, when you combine the two, the Bible says, immediately he said that the fig tree withered. Then they went and on their way back, they saw the fig tree and they saw that it had withered away. And Peter calling to remembrance what Jesus said, 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 Jesus, the fig tree which you cast is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God, or have the faith of God, or have the God kind of faith. The faith of God, the faith in God, the faith which believes in their hearts, and says with their mouths what they believe in their hearts, and it comes glory to God, and it comes to pass. Now, go to verse 23. Now, the God kind of faith is two-sided. What do I mean by that? The God kind of faith causes you to do two things. I'll read this, and hopefully you'll catch it before I explain it. I'm reading verse 23 and 24. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Let's just finish off with verse 25 and 26. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you don't forgive, verse 22, 23, 24, cannot apply. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against an enemy, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. And therefore, prayer answering will not exist. Now, verse 23 and 24. Now, check this out. This is the key. The nail is on the board and I'm about to drive it in. Faith. What does faith in God mean? Faith in God means someone who confesses their faith and miracles happen and someone who prays. Why am I saying that? I don't know why you put it off. Please put it back on. Why do I say that? Because have faith in God. Then he explains what her faith in God means. Verse 23 says, Whoever shall say. So there's a difference between saying and praying. That's why we have 23 and 24. Who so ever shall say unto this mountain. So in Jesus' name I rebuke this, I cancel it, I reject it. In Jesus' name I say. But it's not just a matter of saying and there's not doubt in his heart. You can doubt in the mind, but not in the heart. Because you can have thoughts of doubt in your mind which was not yours, which Satan brought, but you declared, declined it, you rejected it, so you didn't enter into the heart. Because faith is on the heart. So when you don't doubt in your heart, that's the key. So someone who has faith in God is someone who says to circumstances, says to mountains, says to things, I command you to end.
1: And, and, and we have to use it. I
0: plan to use it shortly, use it all the time, even tomorrow God will use it. I've used it already today. Use it, use it, use it. it. Say! Now, the second part of faith is, therefore, I say unto you. So, have faith in God. Now, say in faith, without doubting. Now, therefore, I'm telling you. I don't know why you are still on twenty three. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, whatever you desire, the things you desire when you pray, not see, because we finish with sin, the things you desire when you are praying, believe that they are yours and they are yours. Someone asks God for a car and they get a car. What do they do? They thank God for it. If I ask you for a, 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 an iPad, please give me your iPad and you give it to me, what will I say? Thank you. So if you've asked God for something and we believe we've received, we thank him for it. How are you going to continue to pray for something you believe you've received? But the mystery is that persistent prayer is an act of faith, and believing you've received is an act of faith. Uh, that's another message. It's beyond the scope of this message. Another message We I'll share the difference between Persistent prayer as faith and believing in receiving as faith. But, ladies and gentlemen, whatever the believing, receiving, or act of whatever it is, or, or persistent prayer, the key is that faith in God will be demonstrated by prayer. Prayer is a great act of faith. I'm not at a word, I'm just at a time. We will continue next week, God willing, with the other important reasons why prayer is very very important hallelujah how many are going to trust god and pray 2022 is going to be a year of praying for not less than one hour a day some people one hour is when they get out of the flesh there are some people when they are praying, they break the, they break the earthly realms from uh, one hour. Then they go into different realms, second hour, third hour, and you have prayed for 20 minutes and you feel that you've accomplished. How many are going to be praying for not less than one hour a day, every day, one hour, one hour, one hour? Those who pray for two, uh, one hour a day, every day, I want to encourage you to up it to one hour, 30 minutes a day, every day, every day. When I was doing my, I my 30 minutes until I got to a certain point. And now you just, make sure you go, you, you, just, you just do what you have to do. Hallelujah. But if you are praying for an hour, up it to one and a half hours every day. Just increase it. If you pray for one and a half hours, increase it to two hours. You can do it. Can we do it? Yes, we can. We can do it. Why? Because we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength and who strengthens us. If you are praying for one and a half hours, up it to two hours a day. Oh, you don't understand. I'm busy. Daniel was more busy than you. He prayed three times a day. If you pray for two hours a day, up it to two and a half hours a day. Because there are some who pray for two hours a day. Up it. Increase it. Increase your prayer time to two and a half hours a day if you prayed for two and a half hours a day i'm talking about 2022 from today increase it to three hours a day ah ah there was a uh, there was a pastor's meeting hallelujah and, 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 and the people were encouraged that they can do it for three hours hallelujah and i want to encourage you that you can do it for three hours If you are a pastor watching, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. A Christian should pray for no less than one hour a day. If you are a leader in the church, you should pray for three hours a day. So if you are praying for two and a half hours, increase it to three hours. If you are praying for three hours, just shoot. Just move. Hallelujah. You can do it. Just go. Once you are praying three hours, you can pray five hours one day. You can pray seven hours one day. You can pray three hours one day. Do what you need to do. Just do it. Hallelujah! It will mean that the the Facebook and YouTube and uh, uh, IG and 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 uh, or, uh, TikTok and Snap all those things they will have to be put to the, the put aside. phone calls chatting and laughing and gossiping oh this person did you hear what happened to this all that will have to drop when you are praying for three hours you don't have time to pray for an hour you you have time to be talking about janet jackson susie when you are praying for an hour where are you going to get the time when you are praying for three hours are you going to get the time to be talking to people about other people No, no 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 the prayer will charge you up so much that when you are talking to someone is to edification you are talking about how to edify how can this person be better how can we do things better when you are making phone calls and you are talking about positive things and then you can laugh a few times but even television many of us should see it i do it of course Benin has cracked a different barrier where he says he doesn't watch television anymore that's higher levels so we are waiting for that but now we don't have knowledge there yet but until we get to <laughs> Benin's level, what we can do is pray. I said to myself, "I'm going to finish praying. I'm not going to touch TV. In fact, that's that's my New Year's thing. I'm going to pray X. After praying X, then I can watch TV. I'm not going to watch TV till I pray or have actually read the Bible. As for the prayer, is yes, it's, it's it's important. But it's easier to pray than to read the Bible. So I'm not going to watch TV till I've done my quiet time. Otherwise we are there we want we just sit there and stay in space. If you make that your resolution, you make that your goal, that I am not going to watch television, I am not going to look at social media until I have prayed for at least one hour a day and I have had my Bible study, it will go far, you go far. It will take us far. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father God, we want to bless your name and we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for the faith you have dealt to every born-again Christian. For your word says that you have dealt to us the measure of it. We pray that you increase our faith. We pray, oh God, that you give us all the grace to pray for at least an hour a day. And those who are working your house two hours, three hours Lord, give us the grace, give us the time to be able to make the effort to pray, spend the time praying, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Whilst we are praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are not born again and you know that if you die today, you do not know whether you will go to heaven or hell. The rich man, and Lazarus, is a true story. If you don't want to be the rich man, but you want to be someone who is enjoying heaven, then I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus Christ. Now, if you want Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you
1: in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse
0: me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me
1: in jesus name i pray amen
0: now if you are born again now someone might say is it that simple just saying the prayer this prayer does not mean i'm born again yes you are born again because the condition for salvation will be in first corinthians chapter 15 i'll read that another time but you can read it especially the first four verses first corinthians chapter 15 And Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. The condition for salvation, which you have already confessed. Number one, believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and God. If you believe he's a prophet, just a prophet, you have no chance to go to heaven. At least according to the Bible and according to me, because I believe the Bible. So believe that he's Lord and God. Number two, believe that he rose from the dead. Let me start again. Believe that he's Lord and God. Number two, believe that he died on the cross for your sins. How can you rise unless you die? Number two, believe that he, he died on the cross for your sins. Number three, believe that God raised him from
1: the dead. Believe that Jesus is
0: Lord. Believe that he died for your sins on the cross. Believe that God raised him from the dead. These three, also believe that his blood was shed for your sins, that's critical. Believe that his blood was shed for your sins, and believe that, yeah, after believing that you are saved, then you ask him to come into your heart and come into your life and forgive you for your sins. But when you read so you've done that, therefore you are saved. It's that simple.
1: But make sure you believe that He died,
0: He's Lord, He died, and He rose. Anyone who believes anything but does not believe he rose from the dead is not saved. That's why you must confess that he died, his Lord, he died, he rose. And then you put meat into it by knowing that and confessing that his blood was shed for your sins. And then you ask him to come into your heart and life
1: and to forgive you for your sins. You've done that in
0: your seed. Hallelujah to Jesus. God bless you all. God bless you. It's now time for us to take our offering. So I want to encourage you, look for a church to go to. You have to go to church. You cannot be saved and not go to church. Very, very important. Church is very, very important for a Christian. Hallelujah. Because church is where we get strengthened. Church is, is, is very, very important. So I want to encourage you to go to church. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. So let's take out a good offering. It's now time for us to give to the Lord. Now we can give in different ways. 2022 is the year of seed. Not only financial seeds, but seed of everything you can do that is good. Working for the Lord, so winning, giving, a seed sowing to the Spirit, hallelujah, sowing to the Word of God. Let's, let's do that. Now, this is one of the seeds seed of giving to the Lord. The Bible says a lot about giving. Many people feel that churches and pastors, everything is about giving. Yes, there you go. Yeah, they're about to ask for money. That, that is what God said we should do. And it's all about the Bible. And because people have a difficult time giving money out, That's why God says that this is the way to honor me. I test you, one of my tests is through money. So I want to encourage you to give well, give to the Lord, give to God. Now you can give by text to give, you can scan the the, the barcode, or you can call the the number, whichever way, I want to encourage you to give. You can give to, a number of, of, of different courses you can give to the church. You can give by paying time. Number one, you can give by giving your offerings to the Lord. Tithe and offerings are totally different. Tithe is 10% of your increase. Offering is given to the Lord above your tithe. Above your tithe. Number three, you can give to the orphanage. Hallelujah. There's an orphanage. You get the money and we would give it to the orphanage, there's a, there's a very o- good orphanage, hallelujah, a uh, uh, duty orphanage and um, give to, uh, uh, it's very good to give to me, hallelujah. Number, the, the next is give to the healing, the G- Jesus Heals Miracle Campaign, give to the crusade, important to give. So you give tithe or give an uh, 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 offering or give to the orphanage or give to the GHMC crusade. And then finally, give to the poor. Hallelujah. All these are important ways to give. And it's all on the screen. Hallelujah. So give and God will bless you. Amen. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to give, to support your work and to help the lost and needy. In Jesus' name we pray. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you all. God bless you, and God bless the online viewers. I wanna say that 2022 will be a good year. By, By 31st December, 2022, all of us, by the grace of God, will be alive and will celebrate the end of 2022 and look forward to greater things in 2023. By the end of 2022, Many of us will be far better in far better positions than we were. Many of us will give testimonies about how good God has been in 2022. I believe it and I encourage you to believe it in Jesus' name. So, God bless you. God bless you and shalom. Thanks for joining. Amen.